we need like a large army of Warwick Duns to just swarm over the country with good deeds and just give us and just give peace, no more wars yeah. or fighting. Come on, like you get a house and you get a house and you get a house and you get a house. Anyway, dude, if he um, combined his powers with Oprah, bro, <laughs> we'll have an army, an army of a million Warwick Duns led by an elite command corps of one hundred Oprahs. Boys and girls all around the world, we present to you another ripping edition of the Dan vs. D Sports and Stuff Podcast. Dan vs. D with the initials DVD, as in DVD player. I'm your player, D with two E's, and always by my side is Dan with an A-N. And Dan, he can, and Sam, I am. I don't know what I'm saying, but... We're back again for another so, episode. So, what's good, man? Uh, as of this recording, it hasn't come out yet because I'm lazy. But uh, I'm slightly embarrassed uh, because I drank more whiskey than I thought during the taping of the last episode. And listening back to it and editing it, I, I was like, like slurring speech a little bit towards the end there, like. <laughs> It's, it's kind of embarrassing to listen to, so. and, and we and we didn't have no moderator. You're, you nope. know, the moderator. I'm normally, the moderator. So we just went so off the rails the no entire moderator. time. Cut, it's going to end up being like 45 minutes because I just cut so much crap out. You do realize uh, though, uh, I'm gonna cut off that light switch over there. But you do. Uh, you do realize though, we are we're kind of going back to our roots. Because, like, the first episode was, what, like, 45 to 49 minutes, the first episode? Yeah, ever. something like that. So, yeah. So, that's back when we didn't have a whole lot to talk about. Now, I mean, we just have, like, this unlimited amount of supply of information to talk about that we can't get to and get all get to all of it in, like, even, like, three episodes. So, we're going to just try our best and, like, hit some, some stuff that's been meaningful to us lately. And, uh, you know, like... You know, like quick points, like hey, the NFL like started last week, and you know, you me, um, you know, in our own respectable uh, apartments, we just sat down and you know, sat on our couch and watched football for like nine straight hours. It was great. <laughs> uh, it is worth noting briefly on our early episodes, we did actually record quite a bit in those early recording sessions, and I just cut more than half of each of them. Yeah. Because we just sucked. (laughs) Humble beginnings, buddy. Humble beginnings. We're we're much better now at things like staying on topic. Humble beginnings. And actually, like, listening to each other and responding to what each other are saying, which we didn't do a lot of in the early episodes. Mm -hmm. Because we were both just very inexperienced at being in front of a hot mic. I can't remember if we covered this in brief last time, but uh, Andrew Luck shockingly retired. Yeah, we didn't cover that uh, before before the beginning of the season, and his justification was, in essence, basically, 
I don't want to play hurt again. And he was sort of faced with having to do that this year, and he was just like, nah, man, I'm done. I'm not going to do that again. I guess, like, I was excited, like, oh, my gosh, this bombshell of news has dropped. You know, because you, like, you want to hear the juicy stories, but then once you... Once you look at it and you read it and you like kind of like marinate on it, you're like, "Damn, it's actually just kind of sad." Not just kind of, it is sad. Like outside of Tom Brady, right? You know, I mean, you know, we bias as heck because you know, Patriot fans. Should we even doing this like in my office this time, this this episode, and it's like under a bunch of like Patriot pennants, including one with like, actual like action Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski on there. Yeah. <laughs> Patriot Shrine. Yeah, and, and it's gonna be more to come. Like I want to one day get like all like these like replica banners or something from for the six championships. Yes. So I want to do that one day. But I well, can only for see the seven be... championships. No, it's only week one. We'll, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. We I'm will just get being there. A troll. I'm yeah. Being a troll. But outside Tom Brady, Andrew Luck was a guy that he was one of my favorite quarterbacks because it was like. It was like watching, um, how do I describe it? It's like if you took the tanky, like a little bit of the tankiness of Cam Newton and Peyton Manning, took those two DNAs, uh, took those two sets of DNAs and kind of spliced it, and then added like a, you know, a, 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 a kind of country boy type feel, and you had Andrew Luck, like yes. straight up. A tank who's not afraid to run and get extra yards, you know, like Peyton Manning hardly ran, but like also a guy who was just a great pocket passer. Like he was just straight up amazing. Yeah, I need to get me one of those like championship shirts for real. Um, I forgot to buy one. Me too. I know. Well, I just didn't have the funds to do it, but now I do. Um, but Andrew Luck is a guy that. He didn't. You didn't really argue about him being the number one overall pick in that draft. Yes, RG three made it close, but you knew darn well like they the the Colts were tanking for um, for luck, and they got he was, him. He was by far the best player mm-hmm. in that draft. Yes, and um, once you had him, and he showed all the all the miraculous skill set that he had. Remember that comeback he led. Led against like the Kansas City Chiefs, and when they were like up, what like like twenty points or something, something ridiculous like that. Yeah, Andrew Luck was like a guy who literally put his team on his back. They always had a chance when Andrew Luck was there under center. It's like you take him away, and they're just like the worst. Like they're 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 in decent hands right now with Jacoby Brissett because he'll get better with more like you know first team reps. But he's not going to be Andrew Luck because Andrew Luck was that type of specimen that was just athletically gifted, and this is going to be one of like the most one of the more modern tragedies of like of an ending of a career that doesn't involve like a death or yes. a drug habit. Like this is like a guy who hung it up because by the time his own organization invested in good money to. Finally, fixed the offensive line. It was just too little, too late. He even won comeback player of the year in 2018 and then decided two weeks before the season, like, I can't do it anymore. Yep. Because he, because it was, he was, he's just been beat 
down for like the what seven, eight seasons, seven seasons he played. So he eight. took so many sacks and missed a whole year with a shoulder injury. What, was it like a snowboarding and... accident or like skiing or something with his shoulder? He fell on it. I don't know, but... It, I thought that was a playing injury that he might have made worse. Maybe. I forget. May, it might have been. Cause he took, we're not experts or anything. We're not, but you can just tell, like, all those hits he was taking and then him missing that whole year. I was just thinking, I don't know how long he can last if things don't get better. Yeah. And, and that nightmare became a reality. Like, I hate that for Andrew Luck. Because uh, he... He could have easily been like Peyton Manning great. But Peyton Manning had an offensive line. Peyton Manning had a running game. Peyton Manning had three, four targets he could that he could throw to on a consistent basis, take the pressure off of him. And he had a great defense. They just recently like improved the defense. So really didn't really have have a great team surrounding luck. He was the team. Yeah. Than him and T.Y. Hilton. I know. He he really, like, at the beginning of his career there, took some pretty bad teams to the playoffs. It was, it was, it was Andrew Luck in the, because, in the Luckineers. Because let's not, <laughs> let's, not, let's not forget that they let Ryan Gregson run that team for five years. <laughs> I don't and, know too much about him. I hear he's a scumbag. Well, let's recap. Okay, so he drafted Andrew Luck with the first overall pick. Okay, that's a good decision. He, I mean... Trent Richardson. I do remember that. He made the Trent Richardson trade. First round pick. Uh, for uh, uh, a uh, first round uh, pick. And traded a first round pick away for that. And at the time, it seemed like that was going to be a, he, a decent idea. But it was like a high risk, high reward sort of thing. If it was, was going to pan out. He like... Throughout those years, kind of like seemed to steadfastly refuse to draft more offensive linemen and Just, draft them higher. Mm, uh, when that, luck kept getting beat to death, I mean draft repeatedly. Like draft them higher. You mean like um, in the the high round, like the yeah, uh, like, like going like going like after round six going more aggressively after after lineman talent, as in drafting them closer to the first round. Hmm. Uh, he didn't do that. Uh, okay, so like you and also just like rounds, yeah. their defense also was not good either for a lot of those years. So like the best defender was like Vontae Davis, and he was getting up in years anyway. When you consider that uh, the new GM came in, who I'm gonna have to splice in his name here because like God, God damn it, I'm so bad at this. Um, <laughs> You're good. But when the new GM came in who in like two years was able to basically remake the roster and had one of the teams that I think had one of the best futures, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially coming into this season. It's, you know, this is, it's Chris Ballard. Chris Ballard. It's really hard not to... My topic does come in handy in these. (laughs) It's just hard not to view this whole situation as sort of like a what might have been. You're you're glad for him that he's making the correct decision for his health and stuff. For the team, it's like, yeah, I mean, what what the hell else could you have well reacted uh, right now? What the hell else could you have done? Because really, the damage was done years ago as he was getting just beaten down yeah. his first few years, especially. Yeah, this wasn't um, no on a whim like. Yeah. Hey, I, I I just quit. Like us, like we just want to quit our job. Like whenever you want to quit your job, for example, like 
when you're not when we're not getting paid millions, we're just doing yeah. like you know your your regular nine to five. It's a, it is a grindy, squeezing process that makes that makes you depressed and gets you feeling that way. It the mental beating of of what you're taking, that grind of just you just it just brings you down and down and down and down and down till you reach your breaking point. Yep. But add that to and add a that bunch to- of physical injuries that he's going to have to deal with for the rest of his life because when things are broken you you don't truly fully heal add that to getting in a minor car accident every week more than minor more than minor for this guy like like and i've been listening to people uh doing like their reviews or you know uh putting their two cents in you know especially your name tree he just straight up blasts the organization because you literally had two transcendent talents. One, like, one that, yeah, like, even with Peyton Manning, one championship was the best you could do when you had, like, pretty much a complete team around him. Yes, I know they were unlucky going against the Patriots, but even then, though, just one championship, even then... That was gift wrapped to them because that, that Super they ended up winning the Super Bowl against the Patriots because the Bears were not a, a Super Bowl caliber team with Rex Grossman or center. <laughs> so they pretty much beat us to pretty much get that that Super Bowl. So and you mean that's the only one they could get? And if um that guy doesn't like imagine if that guy doesn't pick off Peyton Manning. They could have to. But honestly though. That team Saints should, were a better team in that game. They were, and Sean Payton and was better. And I think better. they would have. The it was, it was thirty-one to seventeen. Like I think they would have probably won anyway. That onside kick in that beginning of that second half. Remember that? That was yeah. gutsy to this day. It was awesome. Um, but how do you have Peyton Manning and you have Andrew Luck over the last like twenty years, and you only have one championship and and just two Super Bowl appearances? Yep. That's just a straight up waste. That's like that's like you getting Michael Jordan and then you getting LeBron James. Well, hold after up. That. Let's. <laughs> I will say that like in name value, I know basketball is different in terms of like you know taking over games and whatnot because NFL is more of a team sport. I mean, Jim Irsay sucks and is terrible at owning a team. Why well, snort that cocaine? <laughs> but. The Colts were a very, very good team during, like, the Bill Polian era. He kept that roster loaded with good players, and they were, like, an 11-12 win team every year for, like, 10 years. So what was it, just bad so, luck? Yeah. I think it was I think it was the Braves <laughs> in the 90s kind of problem. Where oh, just, you had to drop that bomb on <laughs> Almost Braves. every year, wrong place, wrong time kind of situation. Astros, Cubs. Yeah. <laughs> like... And the just Mets, happened. the Yankees. Should I go on? <laughs> like back when the Astros played in the uh, in the National League. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know. So anyway, I'm not gonna. Point being, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fault them too much for the Manning era. Um, I mean, yeah. At some point, you have to really. Uh, you have to really pull things off in the playoffs, and yeah. they're. Their offense did have a tendency to sort of 
if not disappear, kind of be less good in some of those really big games. But whatever, it's the playoffs. But still, um, luck, but yeah, no. But they, they, they botched the luck. They, they botched luck horribly mm-hmm. and deserve to be roasted for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's it's just not fair. It's not. It's really not fair. That's that's what I hate about it. It's just luck is a type. Of, he was like, he was like. Um, Honestly, I would, I would view him as more of a golden more than Tom Brady. Because, In a lot of ways, yeah. Because first, he had that southern charm. He the, had that great beard and stuff. pedigree, the first overall pick. He, he was into all that cool nerdy stuff. He's, he's like... He's, he's an intellectual. He, was a, he looked like he was just a simple guy who was just... Who, who yes, he was making millions to play play a game he loved, but he looked like he, it was the game that he just loved to play and just loved to be out there. He wasn't doing it for the glory or for the money. He looked like he was doing it because yes, I just want to make a living for my family, but also doing it uh, doing by doing something that I really love. And he just lost the love of the game because of just the mental grind of of getting injured, rehab, come back, injured, rehab, come back, over and over and over. It also helps when you clearly have lots of interests outside the sport and have tens of millions of dollars in the bank. Dude's going to be so, okay. And so He got like a, a degree in architecture or something, right? Well, it's... Right. And, and it's he graduated from Stanford. He's smart. And my point is it's like it's much more attractive to walk away when you, you have... got money. When you, when you have the money, but also you just have other things that you want to do with your life. Yeah, he said he... You know what I mean? He, like... He's not, you know, I don't know. They're going to have to drag Brady off the field in a stretcher because he's just a football machine. I that think is he, literally all his brain. Knows I think how he's to do. he's addicted. Yeah, he, he he's he addicted to the game. There's people addicted to the game. Luck. It was like he looked like he was not addicted to the game. He loved the game, but you know, when you love something that much, sometimes you got to let it go, even if it might not be, even if you might think it's too soon. Like we're sometimes about- also like recognizing when things are not good for you and being like, yeah, I'm, I'm like what he said. I'm gonna choose me, and he, he not just choosing him. He he's choosing him in the context of making sure he's actually uh, you know worth a damn, like uh, physically and mentally right. and emotionally for his wife that he just re- that just got recently married to, and they got a kid on the way. He wants to be able to carry his kid and be able to go to their games and all that stuff yep. without having to be limping all over the place, man, and being in constant pain. Even then, he's probably going to have like a little constant pain for the rest of his life. That like I don't know with all the energies he's taken, but he's getting out while he can before he gets too busted up. And it, it was a hard decision because he left he left millions on the table. Yeah. And it gave him like like a severance, you know. I guess because it was the right thing to do. But he kept millions too. So yeah, he kept millions. Like yeah, but he but he did sacrifice some things to like he didn't just like leave for nothing. He left some things. (laughs) And I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, it's it's funny. So I mean, you know, Gronk retired in the off season. You know, and we could kind of see Gronk starting to decline towards the end, partly because of all the injuries. Dude, that and was stuff. that was like a couple years ago. But <laughs> oh, right, no, we played an entire season without Gronk. That's right. Anyway, the point is, mm-hmm. oh no, didn't he retire this offseason? He retired this offseason, but you could sorry, you could see him slowing down like these last couple of years, though. In yeah, that sorry, Super my Bowl, brain, my brain. Got in this twisted. year, he he but, had lost a step or two. So, but did you see there was an interview with him not long ago where? He went out, and you can actually look up replay of this hit and see it, 
where a Rams defender went low on him and put a shoulder right on his thigh and kind of sent him for a tumble. And he said, and I mean, it's a routine play. It does not, it's a play we've all seen like a thousand times in our lives. And in his mind, and he talked about this in the interview, that like in his brain, he was like floating through the air, like upside down after he'd been like upended and was about to hit the ground. And he was like, at that moment, he was like, I'm done because I that that hurt so much that I I don't know that I can keep doing this. So last game, let's make this one count. Um, and he scored the only touchdown in that game. He did, and had that great catch towards the end too. Um, Even then, he was barely able to run. Yeah, you knew. But, I knew we, we knew he was done like later on that season anyway. So, but the point is, it's funny the way we perceive things because uh, in Gronk's case, we're like. It feels like maybe it was a little too soon, but we're like, you know, no, honestly, I was like, I'm, I, it's time for him to go. Cause but, all he's, but he's he, but he's played so long and he's accomplished so much and has three rings. We're like, yeah, but he he's play. only a year older than Luck. Luck was 29. Gronk was 30 when he retired. So, but it's funny how like their careers feel so different, and it's entirely just. Based on what their teams were able to accomplish so, while they were playing, it, like outside the shoulder stuff, he he took on he he uh, uh, sustained like a like a lot of injuries, like devastating injuries similar to Andrew Luck. He had big injuries like every year, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, outside the, the shoulder. I think 2011 was the only season that he played all 16 games. Yeah, of his career. Remember, so. remember that routine block when he broke his arm? Yep. Like late late in the game, that didn't yep. matter. <laughs> Uh, when you think about uh, when you told when you said about the hip thing, it made me think of like the routine play. You know the the hit that ended uh, Bo Jackson's career. It's like he was so strong and powerful. Just like him, just being dragged down, like it would have just been like routine play. But his hips and stuff was so strong. He just ended up having that hip injury, and he was just never the same. Yeah, and he was forced to retire. Even sapped his uh, his abilities as a baseball player. Very sad. So, yeah. So happy retirement, Andrew Luck, because like yeah. you you ain't got nothing. You don't else owe to us shit. Well, like, but yeah, you don't. Like, we owe you thank yous. All right. Many many thank yous. Like, because I love watching the Colts because of Andrew Luck, T. Y. Hilton too. T-Y-T-Y. But Andrew Luck, though. If you were lucky enough to take a flyer on Luck in one of those two seasons where he just went absolutely nuts with the touchdown throws, you're like, yeah. I, I drafted him a couple years ago. If you had the Luck-Hilton stack, you were pretty you were pretty happy. I didn't have the Hilton stack, but I make sure I drafted Hilton because Hilton's a beast. But yeah. would, is Hilton, would Hilton be a, a household name without Luck, though, at first? Look, help put him on the map. So, True. Yeah. yeah. And Jacoby's like just developed trust in him. So that's yeah. cool. But um it's, it it just sucks that we're gonna now time will tell about Jacoby. He had a decent game last week, but we're down like a great we're 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 down another great quarterback. Yeah. We well, we, we already have what like like five or six 
of that could be considered great in the whole league. Right. And <laughs> so yeah, it's just it's just sad that this is the this is the sucky part of fandom of this sport. It just people come and go. It's a violent freaking sport and it grinds people's bodies up and not mo- the vast majority of people can't do it for very long. Mm. Um and uh Good on you, buddy, because I think in past generations, I think most guys would have just kept grinding and would, you know, be in, like, a freaking wheelchair later in life. So, good for you. Yeah, get up. That's good. You getting out uh, while you could and, you know, enjoy your life, take care of your family and stuff, and just, you know, and use that degree to good use because I know you're going to be alright because you are one intelligent dude like on and off the field you're going to be great and you're going to be making a, a ton of money like not getting hit so good like, on you man I like that we're like talking directly to Andrew Luck here known oh. listener of the podcast Andrew Luck uh, I, I don't care like I'm pouring we're pouring out our souls because even as Patriots fans and Colts being like our arch rivals we still Love a guy like Andrew Luck because he was a guy you want to root for, and yep. we're rooting for uh, root from then, and we're rooting for him now. The league is a crappier place without him. It is. Uh, so thank you, Andrew Luck, and uh, we'll see you on the flip side. Hey, if you want to be on a podcast, hit me up. Word. <laughs> anyway, DVDcastpod at gmail dot com <laughs> or tweet at us. Word from our now defunct Twitter account. Uh, uh, it's not defunct I just don't check it anymore because I don't enjoy being on Twitter okay now now we we put a disclaimer here um uh because like I guess I don't, like, I don't know where it's going to lead to, um, you know, with the new, you know, developments of the stories and stuff. Like, like I don't know how much we're going to talk about it and stuff because it's a real sensitive and depressing subject matter. So I, well, I, I guess we're just going to try and keep it simple or whatever. I don't know. Well, I don't know that we have, like, analysis other than sexual assault is bad. It sucks. We like, did. We literally did, like, an, we did an episode where we just straight up, like, at the end, we were just, like, pouring our hearts out of what we thought about it. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like, you know. It, but the point, so we're going to... I thought we were fucking done talking about Antonio Brown, but we're not. We're never done talking about Antonio Brown because it's just like, it's just like the fucking circles of hell. It just keeps going. Yeah, the circles of hell. It's just it, never it's, ending. It's definitely hell when you have a guy who nicknames himself Mr. Big Chess. <laughs> God, I cannot get over that. No, no, I can't. I can, can, like that means I could come up with like a with a with like a dumb nickname. I could be Mister Big Vest. I could be like I had a shirt that had like a had like a big uh, you know the Nike check mark. I, I even told uh, told uh, told Case I'm like, hey, I'm Mister Big Check. Because like I'm gonna big be check I'm gonna be, be Mister Average sized thighs. I never thought the New England Patriots 
would be would sign a guy who refers to himself as Mr. Big Chess. Well, hold on. No, no, no. Let's 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 recap. Oh gosh, everything that happened. Oh my gosh. Because remember that. You go ahead, take it away. (laughs) Because remember that when we first when we did our last episode, remember that. He was stolen the Raiders. And doing a helmet um, issue and, and yeah. then just like, you know, I, not show, I no like, showing. And at that point, <laughs> I was exhausted and was like, I really don't even want to talk about this because it's not fun for me. And then, um, you, and then you listen to uh, a song by uh, Le'Veon Bell and he was like, okay, we need to talk about, uh, I'm going to talk about Antonio Brown. <laughs> yes. But the point is, is that that was what happened. So... Uh, the Antonio Brown thing came to a head. He called Mike Mayock a cracker. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. I mean, to be, to be fair though, Mike Mayock tried his best to instill discipline. He tried. He did. He gets the gold star you tried award. You gotta give him credit for that. Yeah. He went from being a TV personality to actually trying to lay down the law. But... The guy's unteachable. <laughs> these darn kids just gotta have respect. But anyway, um, respect. He just walked out on two. T- he just he just like torpedo two franchises. But yeah, I guess you probably <laughs> there's really not a situation in which calling your boss a cracker is is appropriate. So, dude, if I did that and I'm a and I'm a black man. Not only would I lose my job, I would get blacklisted from getting a job anywhere else. Shoot, I would even have a hard time, like you know, you know, trying to uh, get a, a job flipping burgers, man. Because people would uh, would call my references or call my past employers, and then that would be like a black mark on my record. I like me as a me person. I cannot do that and get away with that. I wish I could. Actually, no, I don't wish I could say that, but. If I could do something that stupid or that like crazy and still get paid like a couple million dollars, to, like come on, how messed up and how like unhinged can you be and to do something like that when a normal person with a normal job, if they said something like that, they would get insta fired and probably possibly lose other future employments. It's, it just boggles my mind. When you're rich and famous, you can pretty much do anything you want. But that's uh, but that's not an excuse. Especially, especially when you have like Drew Rosenhaus to be a PR flyer. That's for not you. a that's not an excuse. Do whatever the heck you want because it eventually catches up to you. The money eventually runs out. This is America, motherfucker. Money is the moral arbiter here. All that happened. It seemed for like a day, like everything was going to be okay, and he was going to play for the Raiders. And then, like, John Gruden said he was going to play. He did this weird video with, like, a possibly illegally recorded phone call from John Gruden. John Gruden laughed it off because I don't know what you instead else would do like, in that actually, Instead of actually, like, you know, trying to seek legal action to right. put, send a um, message. Because I think he was trying to keep the peace. Because Mayock actually, he's trying to suspend him and then the, the coach vetoed the GM. Nope, he's playing. Well, it's because Gruden, Gruden is technically the boss there. He's the coach and like the director of player personnel. That's right. He, he's so he is a level over Mayo. Oh, that's right. When when he when he came out of retirement from coaching, he did get a stake in the team. Yeah. Oh, that's right. So he 
Yeah. Oh. He, he, is, he is, for all intents and purposes, a GM coach. Oh, dang, I forgot. So it's like infinitely worse when they screw up because it's all on him. Dang. Joe, <laughs> I totally forgot he had like a stake in the team like that. Yes. Oh my gosh. That that blow, that blows my that just re-blew my mind. I forgot that. So I mean wow. in, that, in that sense, really Mayock is just sort of like his oh. Scott Pioli. He's a puppet. You know? Yeah. Tree was right, he was a puppet. Oh my. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So uh and honestly, I'm not even sure how well I can remember all of these events, but the point is all of that came to a head. They uh, issued a fine to AB, which triggered a clause in his contract that essentially took all of his guaranteed, or made all of his money non-guaranteed, which apparently is just a thing you can do in the NFL because the players union is bad at their job. (laughs) Oh, God. You had to hit that one. (laughs) They are. They're the worst union in pro sports. Um, Hmm. So what do they even do? People, if you like your 40-hour work weeks, protect your unions. Um... He was like, at that point, was like, all right, screw it. Release me. It's his own damn fault. He didn't show up for work. That yeah, doesn't matter. <laughs> when you're rich, you can do whatever you want. He ain't going to be rich no more. <laughs> when you're rich, you can, you can flush $36 million down the toilet at the drop of a hat just because you're bored. Bro, that was worse than Le'Veon Bell yeah, with his 14 mil. Uh, anyways, so the Raiders release him. And we're all just like, oh my god, what the hell's going to happen? And everyone was joking. Oh, right, I guess this is when he signs with the Patriots. You messaged me on Facebook Messenger saying like, yo, we're going to get Antonio Brown. I'm like, no, we're not going to do it. I said, I don't want him. Like, he's going to be a locker room cancer and stuff. He said, no, it's going to happen. I didn't want to believe this dude. And then I'm watching college football with my girlfriend like, actually, I was watching tennis, Serena Williams. She had that tough loss, though. Dan calls me, and I kind of knew, because he don't normally call me, like, in the middle of, like, in, like, an early Saturday afternoon. I was like, I just sensed, I'm like, he's calling me about Antonio Brown, isn't he? Like, I maybe he's not. Maybe he <laughs> saw something cool on TV, or... It's either, like, I got into a car accident... Or the or, Patriots signed Antonio or, or he had like a, or he had a super duper date and everything that went awesome and whatnot. <laughs> like, I don't know, but I knew once I picked up the phone, I saw his name. I was like, I gotta hear this. Hello. It's like it happened. I'm like, oh no, what happened? And I tried to play dumb, but I knew what he was gonna hint at. We got Antonio Brown. I'm like, oh damn. <laughs> like call my dad too (laughs) and then after I got off the phone I was like Casey the Patriots signed Mr. Big Chest (laughs) I even posted on Facebook it's been a a while since I posted I'm like did my team just like did my team just sign a guy who nicknames himself Mr. Big Chest like, I literally posted that. I'm obsessed with that nickname just from how bizarre it is. You really are. Ask, ask Casey. Um, she knows. Like, I've been but, trying to crazy on that. But, yo, man. So, side note. You know, I, I've, I've really gone through all of the cycles of fandom uh, over the years with this team. Because, like, 
you have to have some level of awareness if you're a fan of this team. Some level of self-awareness. Because, like, you can't have a normal interaction with another football fan and then drop the fact that you're a Patriots fan in there. Everybody because, hates you. Because <laughs> yeah. you're just, like, not allowed to be in those conversations. Yeah, you, they're, uh, they're just like, what makes you so special? Because I win so much. Get out of here. Right. <laughs> and then you can either respond by being an asshole or you can just say nothing. Yeah, just pretty much like, oh, because like, I'm just like, oh, whatever. I, I just but, say, I just say, hey, millions already hate us. I mean, like, hey, that ain't nothing new to me. But my team. <laughs> but you know, so like over the years, you know, that used to, you know, when I was like an impressionable 13 year old, it like bothered me that people hated my favorite team and didn't like Tom Brady and stuff. And you, you realize when you get older that the shit's all entertainment and doesn't matter. But I embraced it. <laughs> but you know, over the years. I've sort of come around, and I, right now, am, like, enjoying, well, <laughs> before the next thing we touch on, uh, for, like, six hours, really enjoyed my favorite team being essentially what, it was basically the way people reacted when the Warriors signed DeMarcus Cousins, which is sort of laughable in retrospect. No, this, is more, this is more like KD. Well, well, both of those, but but I'm remembering when they when the Warriors signed Cousins, they were just like people assumed they were going to get Cousins at his peak, right before the Achilles injury, and so everyone was just like, "All right, just cancel the season. It doesn't matter. The Warriors are going to win again." And Even without him, they, they were already thinking that. And, but like, ultimately, <laughs> they didn't because things usually play out differently in real life than we think they will. The basketball um, gods struck down their best players, and they they, they suffer from the lack of depth. Or yeah, everybody, know. or everybody rage quitting. Yeah, when they signed KD, that's also a pretty good comp, I think. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, there, there's this moment everyone's freaking out. Like, I mean, like, cancel the season. It just doesn't matter. They're just going to win the Super Bowl again. Even Tree Um, was like, F everything. Just F everything. This is is terrible. (laughs) He's like, this, why? He's like, why does God hate us? (laughs) And I mean, the reality is, like, there is some, there's always some element of, I don't want to say randomness, but like, so just variables. So I mean, if you go back through, essentially the the Brady run, they honestly had some teams that weren't that great that kind of got hot in the playoffs and won it all. I mean, the one team was not that great of a team. Brady wasn't all they, that great of a quarterback. He was actually carried by the defense. There's a like there there is. A, like justifiable reason why that team was like not favored in any of the playoff games they played. Jermaine um, Wiggins, David uh, David Givens, David Patton, but Antoine. <laughs> it was a superbly well coached squad that had great schemes for the teams that they played against and whatever. But the point is, like you know, like the 2010 Patriots. I remember being an absurdly good team and was just loaded with talent up and down the roster. And that was the team that lost to. Mark Sanchez in the playoffs because that defense because they, was just just caught fire and just had momentum. They went out and they kind of dicked around in a home playoff game. And what do you do? So can't wait. And before uh, and before that, that was there. There was the uh, they they dropped the home playoff game to the Ravens. Yeah, and remember that like we 
we like didn't really think the like 2014 and 2016 teams were that good because they both kind of had these kind of early season swoons mm-hmm. uh, that kind of had us being like, mm. and I mean, really, the defenses on those teams were just kind of okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, my point is that like, honestly, there have been like better Patriots teams that have won the Super Bowl, and there have been like worse teams that have. Yeah, right. like look at the 07 Patriots. Oh, wait. One game oh one Sorry. game one game short. I had a brain fart. The point is like you know The best teams didn't necessarily win the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's not O seven the they, greatest team we've ever had in our franchise and we just couldn't get it done that last game. There are numerous examples over the years having the best roster does not guarantee anything. It just does, particularly in this sport where Guys get injured at such a higher clip than other sports where mm-hmm. a bad weekend, you know, I mean, now this team is like, oh my God, this is like the greatest receiving core they've ever had. A bad weekend and they're right back to like Julian Edelman and Trash as their receivers. So oh, like, hold up now. We, we, we got uh, we got Phil, uh, Philip Dorsett, man. He's caught like two touchdowns last week. He's not trash. We'll, we'll and he see. came from the U. We'll see. He's been on the team for like last like few seasons now. He's, he's, he's not trash. And he's literally been bad up until this last game. Don't like he had one good game. Let's not let's not he's had let's some, not fool ourselves. He's had some here. touchdown catch. He's not Kim he's not uh he that he we don't have that receiving core that had uh what Kimbrough Tompkins and uh uh, who's who? Like the other guy? <laughs> it's Nova Shea Caldwell Jabbar Gaffney. That's for sure. Those guys were um, better than Tompkins and like the uh, like, uh, like who's that other? What was that Chad other guy? Chad Jackson. Not Chad Jackson, but it was another uh, rookie. So like, it was just like, yeah. <laughs> Philip Dorsett's not a scrub. He's not the he's not the greatest receiver he had, but he's not trash. I mean, he's earned a roster spot for a reason. So no, I know, but like we traded for him. Man. <laughs> but let's be very, very clear. Like Dorsett was a former first round pick, but let's be very clear that like up until that game, Dorsett had done virtually nothing in a Patriots uniform, and I think it's disingenuous to suggest otherwise. Mm. He's had his moments. I'll say that. I, as someone who's kind of eyed him in fantasy over the last few years, he's a talented guy, but you've got to do more than one game to. You know, before I'm going to count on you as, I guess, I guess your argument was that he's not trash. So I guess fair enough. He's not trash. Yeah, <laughs> he's not. But 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 he's no Antonio Brown. I will no. give you that much. But here's my question: I've been wanting to ask you, man. Do are we a better team with Antonio Brown? Yes. And why? That's, that's we we just obliterated the Steelers thirty three to three without him. How much better can we get? Uh, you can all, well. I mean, it's those two. He could disrupt chemistry and stuff. Who knows? Anything can happen. I I think we all trust at this point that if that becomes an issue, that he'll be cut, and they'll just eat the money they've given him. Yeah. Um, and they don't. They don't care. They're. Rightly, because I mean, again, we're sort of getting to the cap of all of this, but uh, I've been wanting them in the in the final years of Brady's career to to make win now moves, because what the hell else do you have to lose at this point? You know what I mean? They like, build up to will to win now with the players they have, right? But, like, <laughs> but in this case, 
they didn't they gave up literally nothing but money for Antonio Brown. And it's really basically dead cap like this year and next year if if, it, if they trigger his option. That's even so, that's, even then that's a hard ask for the Patriots to do to spend make, spend money. <laughs> it is but, but I mean consider that like, you know, they're they've been one of those teams that have sort of done the very like kind of forward thinking hoarding draft picks kind of thing over the years. They trade down in the draft to get more draft picks, that sort of thing. Don't chase back-breaking, like financially back-breaking, you know, free agents and then tank your whole salary cap. So the point is they brought in, like, a future Hall of Fame player for for money, and that's, you know, that's never a bad move. And that's what they should be doing when they're a good team built to win now. Like, you should be doing that. They're still positioned to have success in the future also, but... Anyway, the point is, uh, yes, no, they're 100% better because Brown is able to, he's going to make everyone else in that receiving core better. Um, He's going to open more space for other guys. um, And he's, it also means that when someone in that group inevitably gets hurt, because this is football, that they'll basically be able to not miss a beat. What if the football guys just straight up curse Antonio Brown and he just has like a seasoning in, a season ending injury? Honestly, for reasons we're about to discuss, I'd feel a lot better about it. Dang. Um, so yeah, that would be the ultimate karma punch, wouldn't it? So we can't let this story go without discussing the fact that oh, yep. uh, he has been credibly accused of sexual assault. And which rape out slash rape allegations. Yeah, I mean, I guess sexual assault is rape in this case. Okay. Um, it's like, I think they say like that slash rape. Like, I think I've, I've just seen it used interchangeably okay, in okay. articles. Multiple incidents of sexual assault and rape. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Now we've officially worded things correctly. Okay, because I've seen it um, like you know, used interchangeably so like in, in yeah. articles, but yeah. No, yeah, that's it's, it's rape, yeah. Um, that's all. But... Point is here, so <laughs> like I said at the beginning of the segment, there's not. I mean, there's nothing to analyze about it. They there are articles that detail in great de- in great and very disturbing detail what he is accused of doing. I haven't read the details. Should I should I read the details? You, I mean, I guess for just for me to not close myself in the dark and and like shield myself from the truth. Like I should, I should probably read it. Be kind to yourself if it's something that will upset you. Don't. Um, but I mean, like I can stomach that stuff. It's just like it will also make me. It'll make me a little depressed. Yes. Yes, it will. Uh, um, but so we're we're in this situation yet again where it's like, what do you do? We're now in a position, you know, I'm thinking back to, like, when, uh, when Aroldis Chapman, who was accused of domestic violence, to be, to be clear, not, not sexual assault, but, I mean, six of one, half dozen of the other, I suppose. But, mm. but remember when the, the Cubs traded for Chapman midseason during the year they went to the World Series, and all these Cubs fans were like, this is supposed to be like a magical year for us. Do we really have to like cheer for this guy down the stretch? And it, 
I mean, I don't know. It just puts you in this weird position because it's like... it Fandom, moral compass. So, and I mean, the NFL... They're a parody of themselves anyway with well, their morals anyway, so... Well, I mean, you know... I don't know. Social activism. Blackball you from the league forever. It gets... Well, it gets weird when you're like... Should, like... The NFL put itself in this position when it decided it was, instead of an entertainment product, was, like, a symbol of America's greater values. Because now, whenever something happens like this, they're in a position where they have to make some sort of moral statement that has to be translated into an exact number of football games. And it's stupid. It's a lose-lose proposition. Isn't that just more for the PR, anyway? Well, it is. And, I mean, you know, (laughs) it's why, you know, a guy who... A video of him punching someone comes out and suddenly gets suspended when he didn't before and all of that. From TMZ of all of all places. That we don't need to rehash again, but <laughs> TMZ brought a truth to light. How in the heck did you screw that up, NFL? They have ways of getting things. You went from two um, two games to like never playing a down again. <laughs> but, but the point is, like, it just is awful and I don't I don't know it it was in a weird way it was kind of like you know it was kind of like here I am at my most cynical it was like in a very short period of a mere hour sort of like being excited again and then being reminded oh yeah this is what football fandom is like (laughs) (laughs) waiting waiting for criminal proceedings to or not criminal proceedings uh, in this case. Um, and it's kind of compounded by the fact that she didn't go to the police at the time. I guess so, because of a position, like, because of, like, the position of power that, that Antonio Brown had. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at statistics, like, a large, large number of women who are sexually assaulted don't report it. And that's just, like, because and that's just going from normal, like, right. and that, that's even just going from, like, normal, like, people who don't make millions. Because of, because of fears of, like, a crooked-ass justice, the crooked-ass justice system that we have. Retaliation. Um, like, like, even, like, my girlfriend talks about, like, murder. Like, even, just from her not, re- her rejecting a guy. Mm-hmm. That is, that is a real fucked up, uh, uh, life we live. Yeah, a guy can't just, take a rejection, and then his his solution, his bright eye solution, is to kill is to kill the person that reject him, who is, is more than her right to say yes or no to who or who or whomever she wants. Our society fucking sucks. It sucks. Um, and honestly, I was joking earlier about when you're rich, you can do whatever you want. But, but it's the reality. Yeah, if this was if this is true, then I mean, I think you kind of see another example of this of someone who is rich and powerful and is just like it just doesn't matter what I do. I can treat anybody any way I like. No, it literally money makes the world go round. Yes. Um, so again, I don't. I don't know. I feel like we're going to be slicing and dicing this segment into something coherent, but 
we're, we're really kind it's, of it just, sounds coherent to me we're like, kind of sitting here and I think just kind of processing our feelings on this because it's just like that's that authenticity because I think people are still trying to process because it just happened this week the I mean I feel selfish when I say this but like it again it like puts you in this weird position as a fan like a why now sort of thing kind of but yeah like, but also it's like because there's no because this is not an ongoing criminal proceeding, I don't think the NFL can really stop him from playing. Um, you know, it's possible. Because, I mean, yo, he's going to play tomorrow, probably. He's going to play? Unless, I mean, I'll unless, watch unless I'll Roger watch Goodell, play. like, wakes up tomorrow and puts him on the commissioner's exempt list. But, you know, based on, again, this sort of weird, arbitrary set of rules that they've defined, I don't... I'm not sure that they can. Because if you notice... Um, with all the stuff that happened with Tyreek Hill in the offseason where he, like, allegedly threatened his girlfriend and all this stuff, like, they He's, couldn't, they basically couldn't suspend him. You say he threatened the kid too, right? It's, I don't know. Again, go... It's all blur. want to get depressed, go read about it. Okay. Um, <laughs> but the point is, like, you know, here it's it's kind of like a here we go again kind of feeling and it's here we go it, again. it's an awful thought to have because again like obviously the primary concern is her and having justice served if it's if it's true and i think you know we really owe it to victims to believe what they're saying until proven otherwise right um, so here we go again do you think the Patriots should play him or keep him out until, you know, the dust clears? Because I remember reading an article earlier, right, uh, like an MS, like a, like an MSN article about, you know, like, hey, the uh, the Patriots are hypocrites because they're 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 refusing to do what the NFL is also refusing to do, and that's you know. You know, sit him out until uh, until you know they get to the bottom of this. So it's like he's able to play yep. with, you know, even if he's like, you know, in the center of controversy. And I'm going to be honest, they shouldn't. Yeah. Um, and, but they will. And I think we know they will. They will. Because over the years, um, and there's actually, so there's actually an excellent article about this on The Ringer this week about like Bill Belichick and the Patriots reaction to the situation and why it's really kind of stupid and slimy for for Bill to kind of hide behind this facade of, well, we're working on Miami, we're working on Miami, I just won't talk about it. Because it's like, you know, he is like one of the most powerful people in the NFL and people will listen to him if he has something to say. And he just, over the years, has steadfastly refused to have anything to say. Wasn't there something and, with... Brady saying like, yeah, I would like have a brown love. They in the article it said, you know, like he went from saying like, hey, I, I would like allow Brown to live with me, to like the next day or so, like, yeah, I'm not want getting involved in like you know what's involved with Brown. Yep. Not much. yep. <laughs> so so. The, the Patriots team organization has already shown that they are ready to sell Brown up the river if he's when if if or he. If or whenever he screws up, they but, are ready to sell the, him but the up point, the river. But the point is, they're going to play him and profit football-wise off of his immense talents right up until the point that, you know, 
public opinion says they can't. So, anymore. so they pimping him out. I wouldn't call it that. It's just they're honestly just fucking being capitalists about it. Like, man, capitalism know, in a system where the most important thing is winning football games. Then, yeah. Um, and that's sort of, but you know, think about it. So over the years, I mean, you know, people asked Bill some pretty uncomfortable questions after Aaron Hernandez. What did he know? How much did he know? Did he know that this guy was like basically losing his mind who worked for him and who interacted with him every day? How did he not notice that there was something wrong with this kid? And he as he always does, was just very good at dodging those questions and really not having to answer them. Remember, like, and remember the footballs? Tom, yeah. remember Tom Brady looked kind of like uncomfortable. He kind of had that, that little nervous smile, like, yeah, like, or like, uh, yeah, that's the ball. They like how the way I like him, like the balls and stuff. Like yeah. he just, he looked like he was squirming, like, like he was uncomfortable. But I mean, like. <laughs> That's a little bit different because, again, that's like cheating in a football game versus like the month. One, of, one of your coworkers fucking killed someone. It's like the, um, the six months people were obsessed with, with balls. <laughs> I've handled dozens of balls over the past week. <laughs> Haven't we all? And, um, and he was suspended. Even the great Tom Brady was suspended four games just for, the, for deflated footballs. Well, no. He was suspended for like deleting texts off his cell phone. That's my favorite is basically they, they backed themselves into a corner where they had to suspend him even though it is very likely he didn't do it. <laughs> anyway, so we don't you, have to relitigate all this so, shit. So even if they so so if they even found something to like to suspend Brady on, the NFL couldn't have found something to like, you know, stick it to Brown with? Just Not from the, the just from no, default, but, him being a jerk. But for Brady to do that four game suspension, remember it took like an entire year. It was the first four games of the 2016 season <laughs> from something that allegedly happened in the 2014 <laughs> AFC Championship game. So that was like a year and a half of this shit. So <laughs> they even got Bill Nye, the science guy, to do science. And we know that. Legal proceedings don't go quickly either, so like this mm. situation with Brown could very well go on for a long time. Sure, he could um, be off the team by the time that happens. Right, like, the year after, like after our, our mercenary the year with him could be done after that. Yeah, who knows? But yeah, I mean, in a just in like a normal sane world, the right thing to do is it, not, not play him, not play him. And I mean, think about like you know. Funny when it took people literally saying like to Jerry Richardson's face when he owned the Panthers, "You don't care about women." When he was going to play Greg, uh, Greg David, Hardy, Greg Hardy, and that was when they came out and they suspended him. The team initially pulled him. Greg Hardy is um, also insane. I mean, yes, but like you know, <laughs> he, Hardy's a decent MMA fighter though. That's kind of dangerous, actually. That's that's really scary. But anyway, the point being is that, like, sometimes public pressure does work, but, I mean, that's the correct thing to do in this case, I think. And But that's not what they're going to do yeah. because they're allowed to play him and they're going to. Like, and so... It's, it's, like, it's, it's like 
If your parents suspect you of some wrongdoing, are they going to let you play Nintendo when you was a kid? I don't know that I like where this metaphor is going. No, I'm, I'm just saying... Since we're talking about sexual assault. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, like, if you're suspected of, of any wrongdoing, are you going to be rewarded? In a just world, no, but yeah. in our world, sometimes you become president of the United States. Oh, you're fucking fucking zing. Well, yeah, this topic is like depressing. Yeah. If you're that's why I say Mr. Big Chest because it calms my spirit. <laughs> if you're don't if you voted for Donald Trump, FYI, fucking delete my podcast, unsubscribe from it, get the fuck out of my life forever, go away. Anyway, next topic. <laughs> okay. Okay, so the NFL season started. It did. Were there any big surprises that that you uh, was there any, was there like some good, bad, or and slash ugly surprises? Uh, that the Browns sucked. That was great. <laughs> it was awesome. See, like seeing them getting their butts kicked on national TV by the Titans. Hold hold on now. By the, the Titans. Hold on now. I am gonna be at the defense of my girlfriend because she's a big Titans fan because she hails from originally from Nashville. And um, they're become like this, you know, like this prominent, like hot city now. So that's hey, I do saying. think that team is better than people think. But I do do like their defense, their offense is, you know, like outside Derrick Henry running the rock. I'm not sure if Mariota is like the answer and stuff, but we have to see because this is a make or break year for him. But he outside made some throws of, in that game, man. Outs- huh? He made some throws in that game. Yeah, and Derrick Henry, like you know. He just hit. He just ran the rock, and he got me. I think he, because of him, I won my fantasy game like last week. So <laughs> big goes to Derrick Henry. So, but that defense is nasty because they got like a couple like uh, uh, like ex Patriot. They got like they got a few like ex Patriot players on offense and defense, including Logan Ryan, who's like a like a straight up like dog lover. That's pretty awesome. Side note, I think everybody has at least one kind of, like, mediocre mid-tier quarterback that they just unapologetically cape up for. Mine's Marcus Mariota. What's yours? What's a quarterback that objectively you know isn't that great, but you still think is awesome anyway? Oh, I is mean... Is it He's actually got potential. Uh, like, I, I like, uh, like, I really do like Mariota because, like, he's just got, like, that... That awesome Hawaiian, like good-looking face and stuff. That's pretty awesome. So, but you already taking him. What's a, what's another person I can like uh, think of? Um, like guys in the tier of like Kirk Cousins, Mitch Trubisky, uh, Case Keenum, Joe Flacco. Uh, I mean, Lamar Jackson might be moving up out of that yeah. tier soon. I like um, Case Keenum because he's he's been able to keep getting work, dude. Him and Ryan Fitzpatrick with the beard. Remember when he like wore, he rocked those cl- uh, uh what was it? He rocked Deshaun Jackson's clothes with the chain I and everything. Loved that. So and much. he's a hard like. Did he like graduate from Harvard? Yeah. Yeah. So like, like the, him and Case Keenum because they just somehow keep getting work and and can keep making a couple million dollars every year from being like. You know, serviceable quarterbacks, but the fact that they still have like that quality and also have the good name behind them to, to f- 
find their way on rosters? That is amazing. Diggs sideline touchdown, unbelievable. Oh my. <laughs> That's why Case Keenum got work. And um and I hate to say it, but Cam Newton. Well, no, different tier because Cam Newton has been a league MVP and has like proven it before. Okay. He's possibly on the decline, which okay. is more worrisome. I mean, I know people I want to root for, but it's hard to root for because of off-the-field issues and the fact that they have like a low IQ on and off the field. Jameis Winston. I've, I've been I've, I've been wanting to always try to root for him, but it's just so hard to root for because hey. he's horrible off and on and off the field. Who also probably <laughs> raped someone. Oh goodness gracious! Well, well, the karma is in his play because he just uh, tossing all those turnovers to the point where people, including like Tree, Urinate Tree, and other people, are just calling him like you know like a maker of like turnovers and stuff. Them famous Jameis turnovers, which honestly he outplayed Cam on the Thursday night game, which is. For shame, guys. For shame, Panthers. I'm gonna start I'm gonna start <laughs> needing to be paid money to watch like shitty Thursday night football games, so honestly my time is more valuable than that. Yeah. Man, like that honestly that that uh the first week when uh, <laughs> the Miami Dolphins atrocious play when when I just like I remember it was a already a blowout game but I had it in the background because I just wanted to see Lamar Jackson just toss like more deep balls like um and and just keep running up the score because Miami was just being a horrible team. Actually, that's my other one is Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I am all in. All in. I am all in. I need. I want to see some more, but like I, I can already see he's putting the work in in his passing game. He is a talented enough runner that if he's just an okay passer, he will be a very, very good quarterback. Because they have an offense tailored to his skill set, which is something that like if you think about like what Atlanta was like with Prime Vic, is he better than Vic? Um, I, I'm not there yet. Yeah, uh huh. That's um, what I'm saying. He's got to develop. But if you think about what Atlanta was like with Prime Vic. They kind of tailor their offense to him, but it was, you know what I mean? There was always this sort of narrative around him that, like, well, he's got to be a, he's got to be a more traditional passer instead of just, like, holy crap, this guy could rush for a thousand yards, you know, why don't we build our offense more around this? Did he rush for a thousand yards one year or two? Did he? I think I can't remember now. I think he did. I think he did. Yeah, he at least did it once. And then he he you know had that one year with the Eagles where he just destroyed the universe. <laughs> yeah, he he like he went from legal trouble to like getting getting millions again. By the way, that year, and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, between that and like young Randy Moss, though that those are some of the most I've ever had watching pro football was just like watching that guy cook at the peak of his powers. He was unbelievable. Who? Vic. Vic. Yeah. Vic, Vic in 2010 because they had that roster where they had him and his ridiculously strong arm and Deshaun Jackson catching deep balls. Didn't they like, have Algie Crumpler as a tight end? Algie Crump Crumpler who played for the Patriots one year. Yeah. <laughs> Algie. Um, Algie Crumpler. Algie. Dude, it's just something, just something manly about that last name, Crumpler. Who remembers T.J. Duckett? 
TJ Duckett, man. Oof. Yeah. Amos Zeroway. Warwick Dunn. Warwick. Dude, is there any more up, upstanding citizen For, than Warwick Dunn? Former NFL Man of the Year, Warwick Dunn. And also a consistently exemplary human, uh, mm-hmm. which, you know, we could use a lot more of. We need, a, we need, we need a million Warwick Dunn. We need... Man, this is so off topic. I mean, this what were we talking? We were talking about NFL Week One. And yes, we were. Like uh, the the surprises. Uh, well, we were talking about like uh, Michael Vick. Uh, the comparison of Michael Vick and uh, Lamar Jackson. Like, because I just like there's always been stigma about running quarterbacks. Can't throw. Can't play the. And it's like I know if it, you're just in, it, it hurts me to my core because they're talking about my kind, dude. Well, right. There's, always, there's absolutely always like a bit of racial bias happening there too. You know what I mean? Because Warren Moon me, had to go to the CFL before he could like prove himself to be worthy of being on an NFL roster. White, the the Hall of Fame of white running quarterbacks is just like Steve Young. It's just like a bunch of pictures. And of Frank Steve Tarkenton. Young, that's it. Did he run? I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Frank Tarkenton. Yeah. Maybe Trevor Lawrence will uh, will help us out there. Um, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence and also my like my like shitty creative players in Madden ten years ago. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence doesn't really scramble like that though. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Anyway, he looks like someone who scrambles because he's kind of he's kind of thin of frame. He looks like um, he looks like Sunshine from uh, uh, from Remember the Titans. Also, I'm lo- I'm legitimately losing track of how much of this episode we're. Cutting. That's all right, but we're, go- we're going back to like you know week one NFL week one. You hit what me surprises. hit me with what one of your surprises? Um, well, like how bad Miami just laid an egg. The whole Kyler Murray thing. I was I was reading Twitter, which you should never do because like it's just like straight up trash television because. Everybody just was ready to just denounce Kyler Murray with, with the historically bad like start he had, and then they just came back, and all of a sudden, like it, it just kind of changed. The, the comments change. There, there are many ways to describe Twitter way too accurately. One of them is a bunch of morons who don't know what they're talking about getting their jokes in way too early. Yeah. Dak Prescott just in that that Cowboys offense just straight up lighting it up. It looked good. Um, How do the Raiders look that suddenly Amari Cooper looked like a first round draft pick after they traded him? I mean, well, they they still won their first game. It was against Denver, but they won their first game without him and without Brown. So give them credit for something. Come on, it was a home game at the beginning of the season against a bad team. Let's, I know, but they let's not get ahead of ourselves I know, here. But, but I I like to root for the Raiders because like they have been a punchy bag for years, and I just like to see them win every once in a while. You know, well, like I do. They've taken point. away from like taking away John Gruden and all the nonsense, and you know, Al Davis never paying them and isn't that <laughs> that well, line? Well, <laughs> so, I think things are just better when there's sort of a nice range. If every team was great and competently run, I think things would be boring. It'd be like MLB, where like. Every single team decides it's just not worth signing this one guy, and then that guy sits out half the season, which is what baseball fandom is like now. Um, 
So yeah, that's I like it that there's dumb, stupid teams in the NFL. Oh, I do too. Who are just never, ever going to get it. Oh, right. I do too. Like and that's been the Raiders for like 20 years. They haven't had like a like a competent they brought, quarterback. They brought since. John Gruden back because he presided over the like three seasons out of the last 25 that they were good. And they haven't had like a quality quarterback since like you know the first like what. Two years of uh, since, Derek Carr's career, since, and since Rich Gannon, since like Rich Gannon, Rich Gannon—that's <laughs> a name. Rich guy, Gannon, guy who's named after a Zelda villain. Rich Gannon with the cannon, though, man. But Yo, I like that name, um, Rich Gannon. He's a commentator too. So goes, so, no, so my take here is simply that, like, so like I had a period of time where it was like the occasional good, like Mets and Knicks season was kind of enjoyable. Because it's like, hey, the lovable losers are good. But, like, no. It's so much more fun when they continually just, like, invent out of thin air new ways to well, be Well, duh. Like, I, like, yo, I appreciate train wrecks. It's like when you have that one friend who just cannot get out of their own way. You know? <laughs> That's a bad example, but, like... You're right, though. You're but right. you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I... I I'm a big fan of the life's rich pageant way of looking at things. It's it's just hilarious to watch. And so I the Raiders are in a corner, they can't get rid of Gruden without eating all that money. So they're just stuck with this team being just a dumpster fire for the next god knows how long. Okay. It's amazing. Look, yeah, I'm not gonna argue the fact that that's amazing because I love watching train wrecks. I love watching the Cleveland Browns with the train wreck. I love watching so, the Lions train wreck. I love watching Jameis Winston toss three turnovers, uh, three interceptions a game, two return for touchdowns in one game. I, I, I get all that. I love that. I just like like I, I just kind of, they kind of got my sympathy because of just how badly like it. I know it was their fault trading for him, for Antonio Brown and stuff. But even then, though, it was that was that was really shitty of what Antonio Brown did to that team that actually would want to like use his services and was trying to pay, and pay him good to do a job, and he just refused just to you know to, you know be somewhat of a decent human being and do do his job. For them just to have that one that one game to like be like you know to to win to win a game without him and say F A B F A B the crowd like that that's like that's at least like a, a feel good moment. I mean yes they're go- it's gonna suck they're gonna suck and I'm gonna love it. But it just felt it it, it I felt a little warm seeing like the t- uh, seeing the score the next day saying like because I didn't stay up and watch because like come on I have work the next day but seeing them like ahead that winning in that in the scores. Deshaun Watson, though. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson has... He's going to get killed, though, because that line. Well, he, he, I don't think he's going to last too long. But the dude cannot be denied of him being a supreme talent. And him and Hopkins, dude. I have... Think about it. People, wow. His whole career at Clemson, people were like, he's good, but... He's good, but he's good, but I don't want to hear like and I root for the, I root for the Tar Heels in the ACC, and they obliterated us and everybody in the ACC. We're done. It's over. No more buts. He's good. 
That's it. I'm just worried about him because like, he, he took a shot to his back or something. His and I'm worried about his injury. And his career is going to get ruined by like Bill O'Brien randomly being the de facto GM and if, making if, awful, awful decisions. If but. Bill O'Brien, if if they ruin this guy, Bill O'Brien should be banned from coaching. Yep. Totally. Yes. This this will be this will be like on the level of Andrew Luck. Because think about how exciting it was to watch RG three that first year, and then he got ruined. And by Shanahan screwed him over, and, and then and then uh, this, and then is, and then Jay Gruden screwed him over. But like this is <laughs> this is like that, except a guy who can also pass and is like a legitimate, really good quarterback and has the arm. Everyone was like, "Oh, Deshaun Watson doesn't have a strong arm." That dude has a fucking NFL arm, bro, and he is he's. A gunslinger. Remember when he went toe to toe with Brady, and it took a, and it took a toe tap like touchdown. Um, was it who was it? Dorsett? Yeah. Was it, it was it was some receiver that did a toe tap, and, and we basically won the game. Yeah. Almost like almost last second. Yeah. Another guy that I just like unapologetically. The second I saw him play in the NFL, I was like, I'm convinced. You dude's got the good. Shoot, when I saw him when he. When he like literally led them on that comeback victory in that national championship game against the big bad Alabama, that was great. That I, was great, and like, just me seeing him throughout the year because I root for USC and of the ACC, and they just ran rough shot over the ACC. My so they always had the good. He always had the goods. My college football fandom is literally limited to tuning into one or two games a year to root against Alabama. Um, because I just enjoy, like, you know, dumb, mustachioed, pickup truck riding SEC fans getting angry. Um, so, that's that's my college football fandom. So, that's that yeah, that was my prior experience with Deshaun Watson, was seeing him in that championship game. And, yeah, dude, I mean, he showed, he showed everything that you could possibly want. He showed, like, poise and ability to command the offense. And a leader. He made throws, and he... You know, yeah, it was. A, I mean, it's hard. He to, just he just had the it factor, man. Yes. he has it. Yes. Not yes. many, very few quarterbacks have it. And the point is, he can do all of that, and he can run. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Find me a guy with a more like complete skill set in the NFL right now, um, mm. particularly with the lack of Andrew Luck. Um, man. Well, and, maybe uh, well, maybe well. I guess Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, Pat, and, Pat Mahomes and, is, is is still the is still definitely at pole position in terms of just who is the rawest talented football player in the world. And then Lamar Jackson's coming; he can run, and he's just shown sure. like he can just throw throw deep ball. So, anyways, yeah. I'm, so yeah, all told, it was a it was a fine first weekend of football watching. But I'm so um, mad though that they just let the Saints just. Kick that field goal at the end. It wasted another big effort yep. by because, Deshaun Watson. Because Bill O'Brien fucking sucks. Prevent defense? They but they just it, needed a few yards? They call it prevent because it prevents you from winning. Oh, God. That pissed me off. And I, I, I would like to see the Saints win again. Uh, but like, I'm, that's not a team I actively root against. Are they the most unluckiest team in the last few years? The 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 the, the, so that's the Minnesota I mean. miracle, and then 
literally referees just ripped the victory out of their hands. Well, hold up. Drew Brees threw an interception in overtime. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. But come on! A blatant... They because of that botch, they changed the whole rules. Because they knew they messed up. But it costed us... Don't throw a f***ing interception! It costed them literally a trip to the Super Bowl where guys literally... Risked their lives, got seasoned in the injuries, and they and you say, oh, we can't go because a hey, us who don't even have shoulder pads decide to say, oh, we like, make a mistake, and cost us like possibly a very entertaining Super Bowl between Brady and Breeze. So it was a slippery it's, slope, dude. <laughs> it was a blown call. I'm just tired of hearing about it. Don't throw an interception. Go and like it sucks, and it but like. Saints fans are just never going to stop bitching about it. And at yeah. some point... They did kick two field goals their first two drives. Point, they did, so... You need to go back and say, well, why the hell did Breeze just kind of throw that ball straight up in the air for grabs? And also, uh, let's, let's not forget, they were held to field goals, I think, their first couple of scoring drives. Right. Instead it's of touchdowns. <laughs> because of the nature of the way human beings tell stories, we focus on one thing as though that would be only... You're the one that always makes this point, that there's a million other things that happen over the course of the game. I know. That change, but it, it that was, potentially changes the you, outcome. You're, and you're it's right. Not, you're right. It, it's, it's just how blatantly bad it was. Just how it, blatantly bad. It, just about as bad as like the tuck rule thing. It was bad. And that's why... <laughs> and I mean, okay, it necessitated a rule change. Pass interference is now revealable. For better or worse. Have people even used it yet? I think they did at one point during week one. Anyway. <laughs> oh, God. You got me. You got me all riled up here. Uh, that means my, that means my work here is done. <laughs> it's so great when you're riled up. Me too. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Um, something. No, no, no. So that was my point earlier about how sometimes a lack of rings is not an indictment of a really good team. The Saints are a really, really good team. They're one of the more they're one of the most fun teams to watch Ever year since, after year after year since Breeze. They had that one draft where they just blew it out of the park and they got Camara and Lattimore and basically revitalized their whole team when they were pretty bad at leading up to that point. They were like eight and eight every year. Uh, so like how did the Chargers let him go, man? Like, he was good when he was with the Chargers. They just, like, shipped him off. But they, they drafted Rivers, though. So they that was the reasoning behind it. And um, he and has it, and he has has more rings than him. Well, it's hard. I mean, I don't know. It, it's hard to argue that, like, that hasn't worked out well for the Chargers because they've been a good team all these Is years. Is he the so. unluckiest quarterback, like, the, mo- like the, the unluckiest successful quarterback in the league? Rivers? Yeah. Eh. I mean, he's put up... You can't yeah, argue. Man, He's they, put they, a they lot of numbers, but they just—they can't. They haven't even made a Super Bowl. Yeah, but even when they were heavily favored against us last year, they got destroyed. How does it? <laughs> he just can't catch a break. Yep, dude can't catch a break. Anyway, point is, <laughs> thirty-one teams go home sad every year. So you know, it doesn't mean that there were thirty-one bad teams in the NFL. Uh, um, probably more like twenty. So one one more quick thing, uh, we are very guilty on this show of mostly focusing on football and basketball, largely because like those are the two main we sports. Love it. Those are the two main sports that D and I have in common, so we can kind of both comment on. 
And uh, we haven't watched Major League Baseball, honestly, that much. We haven't. <laughs> I really haven't much this year for, That's honestly, more to do with just what's going on in like my personal life. Uh, outside of podcasting and outside of sports fandom, I just don't really have a whole lot of time anymore to kind of do that. So Welcome to adulthood, guys. Right. So, it would be remiss if we did not comment on what's been going on with the Red Sox these past few weeks. Oh, um, yeah. So, and I guess this is just going to be like a Dan rant for a few minutes, but... <laughs> Take it away. I can't wait to hear this. So, <laughs> I i mean, this is clearly like a pattern with Red Sox ownership. So, in, in case you somehow don't know, uh, the Red Sox not even before the end of the season uh, fired Dave Dombrowski after four years as the team's, not GM, but president of baseball, baseball operations, operation, which, yeah. for all intents and purposes, is the GM. It's sort of like how Gruden is the head of Raiders football <laughs> operations or whatever, but that means he's the GM for oh, all intents and purposes. Oh, Chucky. Um, so, so let's, re- so I mean, if you kind of rewind through, like, the John Henry era, I guess, of Red Sox. So, uh, John Henry and his group bought the team in 2001, I want to say. Um, and they hired Theo Epstein as the GM in, I believe, 2002-ish, after, I think after they got rid of Dan Duquette. Um, Mm -hmm. and so Epstein built the team into a juggernaut that came Oh, so close to the World Series in 03, won it in 04, broke the curse, whatever. Bambino. Was basically good throughout all the 2000s, won it again in 07. Um, and it was the uh, it was the chicken and beer team of 2011. <laughs> that, <laughs> Wait, what's that like a that was that was the name of a, an album title for Ludacris, Chicken and Beer. Go on. <laughs> anyway, it was the chicken and beer team. Yeah, they actually just really liked listening to Ludacris. It had nothing to do with like the team slacking off. I think the, that was an actual decent album, too. So, um, Anyway, I'm Luda Dan. Off the top of the bat, dude. the worst joke I've ever made in my life. That's right. What was off the top of my bat supposed to be? This? You talking about Major League Baseball? <laughs> off the top of his bat. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna auto tune you. Um, oh my gosh, you're gonna straight up T pay me. Okay, but yeah. But so, okay. So, I think this is important for context here. Yeah. So, I really believe that Red Sox ownership overreacted to the chicken and beer situation because they got rid of. They got rid of uh, Terry Francona, the legendary manager who led the 04 team and. Mm-hmm has been a amazing manager with the Cleveland Indians all these years. You know, I I, I still think that was probably the wrong decision at the time. Wait, is he with um, the Indians right now? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's been all these years. He spent like one year as an analyst for ESPN and then went back to managing with the Indians and led them to the World Series that year and all that stuff and is probably a Hall of Fame manager. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um... Bobby Cummings. And then I forget the exact the exact chain of events that offseason, but they didn't fire Theo Epstein, but he, he left. And that was when he took over the Cubs and did the full teardown that led to them eventually winning the World Series. Chris Bryant. Um, but so, 
I really believe that Red Sox brass overreacted to basically one bad month of baseball, which that that team did implode on itself, but like one bad month of baseball is very much within the realm of can happen due to randomness. That's just baseball. Yeah, sometimes that happens. That I mean that team and I think sometimes a team maybe plays better than it's supposed to and then kind of plays worse than it's supposed to for a while like and it's all dependent on timing how you view their season. It's you know? a marathon. Um but so okay, Epstein leaves and they bring in one of the guys who worked under him, Ben Charrington, to run the team and helped kind of build up this really juggernaut of a farm system. And let's not forget that the best players who are on the team right now, like Xander Bogarts and Mookie, Mookie Betts, Betts, Jackie Bradley Jr. Um, Was that because of him? Those were all players that were drafted by, by Ben Sherrington. Um, and Raphael Devers. Um, they signed Moncada out of Cuba. Who was the guy they traded to get Chris Sale? So like they got Price under his Price. Regime? Price was a Dombrowski signing though. Oh, okay. uh, we're getting there. Mm. Uh, but so he ran the team for four years, and now is worth noting during that time the team had three last place finishes, but then also randomly won the World Series one of those years. But okay, two last place finishes in a row, fine. Uh, management. Fired him. Or actually, what happened was management went out and he was the GM and they hired Dombrowski to be the president of baseball ops over Charrington and then he resigned, which is basically what happened to Sam Hickey, if you remember. Sam Hickey was never fired. Sam Hickey resigned um, when they hired Brian Colangelo to work over him and be his boss. So they just like straight up like undercut him. Yep. Wow. Uh, so Charrington got hinkied. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. But anyway, so after only four years and after a, the guy making some absurdly good draft choices and having a loaded farm system, they bring in Dave Dombrowski, who oversaw most of those prospects being promoted to the majors and pulled off trades for Chris Sale, signed David Price. Uh, signed J.D. Martinez, who has been one of the best hitters in baseball during his time with the team. Mm-hmm. Dombrowski, I mean, you can criticize Dombrowski for a few things. One is he emptied the farm system and he traded away prospects. That's what he does. That's his M.O. You bring in Dombrowski when you're ready to go win a World Series, when you're ready to go have a you know 100-win team. Ooh. And the team, I think, won the division all three years of the first three years that he was in charge of the team, uh, which have been 2016, 17, and then 18, they won 108 games and won the freaking World Series and had one of the greatest seasons ever. Um, And by all accounts made every decision correct. Moncada has turned into like a good everyday player, but certainly not a world beater. Uh, Whereas look at Devers. Devers was the one top prospect he kept. Devers is now, like, the everyday third baseman and is, like, also one of the best hitters in the American League. So, like, even when he traded prospects away, he traded away the guys that actually turned out to be not as good, which almost never happened. 
happens because it's it's randomness. No one actually really knows how good prospects are going to be. Right. Um, so here we are. This guy has done everything right pretty much during his time and won a ring, which he never did in Detroit. Uh, mm. Another team that just was really unlucky all those years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, he handed out a lot of money to like Chris Sale and Nathan Evaldi and David Price, who like all got hurt this year. And then just very suddenly, the Red Sox, now the Red Sox are not going to make the playoffs this year because they had an amazing offense and just garbage pitching. So, if you can criticize him for anything, it's not signing Dallas Keuchel, not signing Craig Kimbrell, not paying out more money this offseason. But, you know, teams are treating the luxury tax now like it's a hard cap. So, they're just straight up being, well, we could be better, but sorry, we're just not, we're just going to choose not to be by not signing these players. And that's why Craig Kimbrell and <laughs> the other guy, uh, Keuchel sat out like a third of the season without being signed because no team was willing to pay them what they were worth. Um, so anyway... At least, at least the Braves got Keuchel. <laughs> yes. Uh, so... I just... We're like once again at the, this <laughs> weird crossroads in Red Sox fandom. There's rumors that they might trade Mookie Betts. No! if that happens... No! I quit Red Sox fandom for a while because quit. I quit. Whoa! Because what the fuck? Seriously. I mean, to be fair though, like I don't to, think to I be, be fair, clear. I'm a fan of Mookie. I would be deeply sad, and I'm not. I mean, I'm not a Red Sox fan, but like I root for the Red Sox fan because, like, by virtue of like that's your team, I root for them for you, and, like, they're a Boston team like New England, so... Because here's what's happened. Here's what's happened. Mookie Betts is a free agent after next season. So, in the 2020 offseason, he's a free agent. They ain't gonna pay him. He's probably at least in the top five of best players in baseball, maybe even the top three. So, is he to open up the checkbook or don't? So, he is going to... He's going to, it's going to take a possibly like Bryce Harper contract to get him signed. Um, Bryce Harper contract? And the Red Sox are over the luxury tax. And as we know, teams treat the luxury tax like a hard cap. So, so there's almost, there's a very, very no, there's like almost no chance of him them bringing him back. There is a very high, and again, let's be clear John Henry is worth like, many billions more dollars than even the Red Sox are worth. So the team can absolutely afford to keep him, but they probably won't based on based on just the economics of the situation and the fact that that is just the analytically driven MO of every front office that the luxury tax is a hard cap. So over a pittance of like having to pay an extra ten or twenty million, they're gonna let like a ten win player walk, in all likelihood. Um, so that's where we're at in Red Sox fandom right now. And good God, um, I am very again like none of this has happened yet. There's a very real possibility they could keep him, but I mean I would consider it more like a coin flip right now. Oh, as to whether or not they keep him. Gosh. 
you know, it's possible. That you can't quite do salary dumps in MLB quite the same way as quite as easily as you can in the NBA uh, because you don't always have bad teams willing to take on salary because every team's owner is like, no, I want you to save as much money as possible. Um, oh, God. But... <laughs> Because, like, in the NBA, because of the way, like, max contracts and shit work, like, every team is, like, bound by a hard cap. And so, you know, anyway, it's a whole thing. But, ow. So, not only is the team, I mean, I think the team just came back down to earth this year. You know what I mean? They overachieved in all likelihood last season, and this year they underachieved. That's just how it happens. Baseball is very random. You get ebbs and flows. Sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. Uh, and they're probably going to be a good team next year, but we're now in this situation where they couldn't get that signed while he was still under his first six years of team control. So it's just dicey, man. And I just, so look at how the angels handled trout trout is trout right now is on a best player of all time career trajectory. That's that's where Trout is. So the Angels are not a good team right now, and they're not likely to be a good team anytime soon. Even, even with Otani? I mean, he's hitting. He's, he's still a really good hitter, but he had Tommy John, so like he's not going to pitch for a while. Um, mm, so just in general, their, their pitching is just garbage, uh, especially without Otani. So, like, you know, oh. it's just a team that's just going to be hovering around 500 for a while, and... Uh, I mean, Trout is so good. He's a 10-11 win player every year, so it's hard for them to fully bottom out either. Um, so they're just kind of stuck. But on the other hand, he's Mike fucking Trout. There's value in saying the best player of all time played his whole career for our team. You know what I mean? There's value to having Mike Trout beyond simply, like, winning baseball games. And frankly, like... There's just not a trade package that is going to give you 10 wins. There just isn't. You know what I mean? He's the purest example of someone who is completely irreplaceable. What about Bryce Harper Um, with the Phillies? Bryce Harper is up and down. Dang. is still like this this weirdly streaky hitter who can't quite seem to put it all together. Um, He's younger. Sorry, I know this segment has gone off for a second. No, you're good. I love it. I love it. (laughs) I love this. We haven't talked about baseball like all flipping years. Let's do this. (laughs) But so, and like, to be clear, Mookie Betts is not Mike Trout and is not better than Mike Trout and never will be. But it's Mookie. But he's a homegrown talent who is beloved by fans and is the best player on the team by leaps and bounds. Like, I just, if the fucking stupid economics of this sport this situation up. I'm honestly just done with the sport for a while. I mean, they already like got Ronald because... Acuna, <laughs> didn't they? Because like, because you, because you told you told me that the that he took a deal that was still that was less than like his actual worth because of the way oh, the economics yeah, sure. screwed up too. Well, I mean, that's teams go in and say the trade off that Acuna took is he could. There's always the possibility... He's not even eligible for arbitration for, like, another several years, right? So he's playing on the league minimum 
until he's like 27 and signs that first contract, so, right? So he was trying to get get his extra money while he could at first. But he signed the contract now, so he's getting some of his millions now, but just nowhere near probably what he should, right? Mm. Um, but that's the thing. Is it is it JG some, is it JG Wentworth like the the advanced sum of money? In a way, it kind of is right? because the scam of something like like a you know annuity buyout service like like that is that you know if you do the math, if you keep your fucking monthly installments or whatever of like your annuity over the course of your whole life, you're going to get way more than the lump sum they give you today, right? You know what I mean? It's yeah. like it's sort of a instant gratification versus long-term planning kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's much better to have a steady, a smaller, steady income than just a chunk of change that you're gonna, you know, dump into an Xbox or something. Some people don't think that um, way, though. This some people don't, and some they, people have like, especially this day and age, it's, it's all about the what we can have now. Just like payday loans and buy here, pay here financing and things like that, it's it's entirely set up to prey on poor people. Zero money down. Because in our society, being poor is very expensive. Um, mm. But that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. The point is, like, you know, I don't know. I Lots of people criticized Acuna for doing that. I'm sure the Players Union is not happy with him, but whatever, man. Dude, dude has a guarantee at 21 years old or whatever that he's going to get his millions. And frankly, it'll put him at being a free agent at like 30, 31. He could still get, you know, he could still get another big contract at that point if he's still a tremendously good player. So he might have a 40-40 season this year. Um, so, but on the other hand, like, you know... Mookie. Bryce still got, you know, it was interminable with Bryce, but he still got his like three hundred twenty-five million. Manny Machado still got his three hundred million. So, Betts is in that range. That's what he should be paid. That's the market rate. So, he should wait until free agency at this point, and that's that's his prerogative. Uh, but I just, if if the Red Sox brass fails to get this done, then it, I mean it's a botch. It's a horrible, horrible botch, and I just, like, you know what I mean? It's like the equivalent of you've got this amazing thing going, and you're gonna, you're gonna, like, you know, I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, you walk into, the, you walk into Target, and you're there to buy a thousand dollar television. Ooh. And your budget's a thousand dollars, and they have a TV that's one better than the one that you went in to buy. That's a thousand and five dollars, but is like twice as good of a TV. And you look at it and you're like, "Well, sorry, that's out of my budget. Over five bucks." Dang, you, know you I mean? better smash the piggy bank and scrape up five. You know bucks. what I'm saying? It's <laughs> Goodness gracious. That's essentially, if, if the Red Sox don't get that signed, that's what they're doing. You gotta be kidding. They're they're literally like, this is like the tiniest, teensiest little bit over our budget, so sorry, we're gonna let a generational talent walk. And, and what are you gonna do with the next generational talent? And the next? But like, how long are you gonna wait for that player? It's gonna be like another 20 years before they have a player this good. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? So anyway, that's why I say, that is why I say, 
they fuck this up, I'm out. I'm I'm like done with baseball for a while. Man, uh, and that's I'm just and that's saying something. With like all the times like Belichick and company have like let go of some of our favorite uh, Patriot players and all that. Can you imagine if the first time Brady was up for a new contract, if Belichick had like lowballed him by like two million dollars and then he walked and went to like the Raiders or something? It's like that. That's what it. Yeah. Oh gosh. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, oh. say what you will about the way they've done business over years, but <laughs> more often than not, they've been right about when to let guys walk. But this ain't one of those times. No, because this is like a generational talent at the peak of his powers. Anyway, I'm sure I'm going to cut down this segment because I feel no. like I'm gonna, you I, need to keep as much as you can on this because this is amazing. I had no idea, and this is where like that that cynical side of you and sports really shines because that is messed up, dude. Yeah. Like, is so, so is he like the main transcendent talent that they have? Like, what about Jackie Bradley Jr. and them? Bradley's okay. They're he's probably gonna leave at some point. But Mookie is the is the top yeah. dog out of that that farm yeah. system that they have got. Xander got Bogarts and and uh, so. Great complimentary pieces, right? Yeah, yeah, they have, and that's the thing. They have a really good team. They have a lo- they have young position players at like every position. Excuse me, pretty much shore up the pitching staff. That could be a really good team again. But Mookie is the it factor. He's but the if it Mo- dude. If Mookie walks, you're losing a ten, like a you know an eight to ten win player, and you just can't. That's literally not replaceable. That can make a difference between um, like you know that's a, the difference a wild between, card that's or a division being, title versus not making the playoffs. That's the difference between being a ninety five win team versus an eighty five win team, and that that literally is the difference between being a playoff team and not. You know, so like it just. Wow, boggles the mind. Um, wow, I didn't know it went that deep. I thought it was just like, oh, the fire play, uh, you know, uh, person uh, operations. I was like, okay, like I couldn't wait to hear what Dan has to say on this one. But it running deeper than that, yeah. gee. But now it's worth noting. Dang, that, don't do Mookie like that, Boston. But it's worth noting that could be part of what got Dombrowski fired is his failure to get Mookie signed before now. Um, and so that is worth that is worth mm, noting. Okay, okay. So it's so yeah. It, it it makes more sense for him getting fired just like uh, more for more than just you know them having a down month or a down yeah. year. But I mean that is that is in fairness all speculation, and we're probably probably never gonna know. That's what the happened. that's a much better theory to have. Especially given, like, before the end of the season, which is very strange. But I mean, it's so strange. You win a, you win one, like, win a World Series in the following year, don't the make G- the playoffs, and you're out of here. And the GM is gone before the end of the season. You're out of here. It's just strange. But, um, wow. But it's like, and it's why I just am more and more skeptical over time when, quote-unquote, small market teams try to use, like, that as justification for why they can't keep good players. Because it's just like... Because they can't open the checkbook. It's not that they can, it's that they don't want to. <laughs> right? Yeah, they're there's, making the excuse that I can't do it when they totally can. There's a difference between I can't and I don't want to. Bro. There's a difference between I don't have $5 in my checking account to go to the movies with you this weekend and I have $30 in my checking account and I just don't want to. Bro, they're like straight up Mr. Krabsing them, man. And if you don't say, hey, bro, I just, 
I just don't feel like it, then you're lying. If you use money as an excuse, that's a terrible example because like $30 is They're like still Mr. Krabs, man, cheaping out on everything. If you have a thousand bucks in your checking account and you're bitching over 10 bucks, then yeah. You know. So so all the owners are like Mr. Krabs? Yeah, of she, course. Oh, no. There there are real life Mr. Krabs out there? I think he was supposed to be a he was supposed to be a caricature of greed. I feel like I shouldn't be like teaching you to be this cynical. I mean, I I I don't close my mind completely off the world, and I can and I understand I can understand hard truths and stuff. I mean, come on. I mean, I have I have this have this outer part of my skin to thank for that to, to have that type of cynical outlook on life. Fair that pre cynical outlook on life anyway, but. You know the Major League Baseball like much more than I do than I ever will, um, but it's just like but you talking about this stuff is really intriguing to me, and it's like honestly like is there really like a good like sports league that actually pays their players like you know the way they should like is I mean I guess I guess the closest what is the NBA? Well, I here's guess? the irony. Baseball is probably still the best of the bunch. Well, because it's full guaranteed, right? Because they're fully guaranteed and they don't have a salary cap. Isn't basketball like full guaranteed too? But they have a cap. Yeah, but they it's even worse. They have individual caps on contracts with like the max and the super max and all that. Oh yeah, because like it like I think so uh, it's quite literally impossible under the CBA for like LeBron James to be paid what he's worth. Because yeah. And I mean, if he did, like, it would be impossible for a team to build a roster around him, so who the hell knows? Yeah, because I think but, one time, like, Anthony Davis got hurt, and he couldn't make, like, the all-NBA team, and then he lost out on, like, super max. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> no, it's all that stupid stuff, and I, I really... Uh, Windhorst and some other NBA reporters have done some good, like, taking about this. Bro, but Kimba couldn't that, get the super max. That whole system of, like... Reporters voting on basically whether these guys get raises is just utterly stupid, and it puts everybody in a bad position. Who getting raises? The All NBA team because it, because there's money tied to it. So now you have these like pools of reporters who have to decide: Yeah, does Kemba get you know the the extra money, or does this other guy get the extra? And it's like all oh, the committee. Who the fuck wants to be in that position, deciding whether? This guy or this guy gets ten million dollars. Oh, like, so the committee making that decision? Oh yeah, it's, it's reporters that vote on it, dude. He's, like even then, he like even with Kemba making like an All NBA team, he didn't get the supermax because Jordan decided, nope, I'm not gonna pay him, even though he pretty much is your whole team. Right? No, that was stupid. He's a twenty win. He's a twenty win player. <laughs> also, side note: sad trombone for Team USA losing at the FIBA World Cup. Honestly, I did not really care too much. I, I, I didn't. The game was on ESPN Plus, and it's just the game, like the games were also starting at like eight AM or whatever. And, so and plus, like, we didn't. Oh, and plus, we didn't even have. We only had like a our second rate players. Like, well, no, we had good players and stuff. We just didn't have our best of the best because who? I love that we best like, players don't really care too much about this because yeah. they don't want to get injured in one off season. No, I love <laughs> that we still, especially all the concern now about like load management and stuff. But I love that uh, like. We essentially had like two really good teams worth of players drop out, and we like still fielded a decent team because we're still far and away the single country that has the most talent at the sport. But mm-hmm. um, 
Anyways, yeah, that's my that's my long. This has been off the top of my bat. Off the top of his bat. And ladies and gentlemen, it's time for this week's detox. Okay, well, I don't really have, I guess, a whole lot to say. Uh, I, I honestly haven't really came up with too many topics. Um, actually, I, I guess I, if I could come up with one, uh, it actually comes with, uh, I guess, from watching a, a recent binge watching of like the Netflix show. Uh, it's not actually Netflix show. I think it was actually on NBC, but it was like the uh, the Good Place, and um, uh, let's see. Like you guys can watch like I guess like brief synopsis like people like you know who die they go to this good place and stuff and um, you know you get it I guess it's ranking system whatever yada yada yada. But I'm a little fuzzy on the so it's like purgatory basically. Yeah, got it. But um, there's this one guy in particular. Um, I guess he stuck out to me. I guess well, obviously he's black. He's a black nerd who was just who was like a ethics professor and all that stuff and he was like really really intelligent and whatnot his name was Cheedy and um, and I like how the show shows like how uh, what led to like each of those people's deaths and it turned out like I mean like, I think a uh, air conditioner fell on him but it was because of um, he was just so indecisive they showed him being so indecisive like uh, this guy uh, his best friend like asked him to be his best man and then gave him a test, and he said like, "Okay, the wedding is gonna be today and stuff." And then like he's freaking out and stuff. He forgot to pick up the rings. Forgot this. He's not dressed and this. And he's like, "Dude, it's not for another month. I was just trying to uh, test you, and you failed miserably." Like his family, he nearly hurt. Like he really hurt his like family, everybody that he loved. Because even though he was like a really good person, what what hurt everybody around him was his severe indecisiveness. Him worrying about every single variable, like if I go this way, but it ain't gonna be like this. So maybe I should choose this way, and then it'll go just like this. Paralysis by analysis. Yes, and he and it's and that's what led him like to, um, I guess, going more towards the bad place because of that fatal flaw. Even though he had everything else good with him, everything his indecisiveness just made things like hell for everybody else and effect, negatively affected the people he loved. So I'm going with, and I'm going with this topic of, um, don't be afraid to choose. Don't be afraid to make a decision. Make a decision, and be confident in it. And this is me speaking from a person who, to this day, I'm I'm getting better at it, but I'm I'm st it's still a work in progress. I'm an indecisive person. Like I always want like. I will make a decision and then I'll come back and I complain like, oh man, I shouldn't have done that. I probably should have did this then. And then like just overanalyzing and working myself in a tizzy like, oh, why did I do this? I should have did it this way or I should have did this instead of this because if that if I didn't do this, this, would have, this wouldn't happen. If I would have did this, then this probably wouldn't have happened. So just working myself in a circle instead of just being like, dude, own your decision. And like my girlfriend has told me about that. Like don't be regretful about your decisions. Pick a direction, because it's because there's no such thing as a perfect choice. There are pros and cons to it. It's also very few things in life that you can't get out of, that you can't yeah not undo, but that you can't move on from. Like mm -hmm. 
it's almost like a it's almost like a sunk cost fallacy where we think if we invest time in something then it we just have to stick with it no matter what right but like from but um, for this detox it's just you know not being afraid to like you know take a risk and to make and you know, make a decision and make an important choice and you know straight up owning up to it as in you know, don't worry about like, oh, if I don't overanalyze, like, am I making the right choice or am I making the wrong choice? If it feels right to you, you know, don't second guess it. Go for it. Like, uh, I give an example, like, you know, I was choosing between phones. I kept going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But then eventually I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for the gusto and like, you know, get this one because I feel like it's going to make me happier over time. Because I kept going back to, oh, do I really need the stylus or do I need a headphone jack? Did, like, but I had this headphone jack and when I could use a pen and I'm like, Ugh. so it's just all those decisions. I just you just try like, and I tend to overthink things a lot. So, dude, it, <laughs> I stressed so much over picking a card that I actually made myself physically ill. And had to like, we talk I, had to, I had to go to my boss and be like, "Yo, I'm actually feeling sick. I need to go home." <laughs> That's what I was talking about earlier about the power of the brain. The brain can elevate you, or it can tear you down and make you feel very unwell. And uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, like in the like in uh, like in pro sports, simplifying the game. Make like you can. Make a decision. If you make, if you, if you, if it turns out you make a mistake, it's not the like. As long as people don't die, like, you know, I mean, in some cases, some people have to make decisions on whether people live or die. I mean, that's like that's taken outside of that. As long as like you don't severely hurt people and stuff, and you learn the lesson from it, is it truly a wasted choice? Well, think about <laughs> cheesy sports metaphor. Think about what happens if you're a quarterback. And you drop back and it's a passing play and you are going through your reads and trying to pick a receiver to throw to. Mm -hmm. You kind of have a very finite amount of time to decide and whatever that choice is, you have to live with it. Mm -hmm. um, and if you don't make a choice, you get And if you nothing. don't, you get sacked. You get nothing. You know what I mean? You actually lose yardage. Mm -hmm. You literally end up worse than if you just like threw an incompletion. Mm. So like in that situation, yeah, you better make a choice and stick with it and yeah life is hardly ever that cut and dry but i think that's kind of what you're getting at yes i am like i'm just saying with life is already hard keep things simple and don't be afraid to take risks and make make decisions because if you are confident with your decision the better the outcome is going to be even if it's even if it's a mistake because people can see if you made a a made a confident error versus a like a, like a straight up distraught and nervous error. So it's either it's either be like you know accidentally you know correct or like or being like confidently wrong or you can be confidently right. And you want to strive to be as the the key is just being as confident as possible. Whether you're right or wrong. If you're wrong, learn from it, move forward. If you're successful, cool. Learn to be uh, to let that be a building block to be even more confidently right, and just keep make and just take your risk, make decisions, and just you know, and just own it, and just 
do the best you can. It's funny, back in the day, I, uh, things like... More doing, less, less thinking, more doing. Yes. So, like, it's funny, your point here is kind of hitting home with me, because, like, back in the day, I, for example, waited until literally the deadline day to decide what college I was going to. Um, for real? Yeah, I narrowed it down to, I think, three or four schools. I couldn't even narrow it down to two schools. I still don't know um, how you got to Guilford, though, as, a, as you narrowed that down, especially when, like, Carolina was, like, was there, too. Whew. I think, honestly, because, well, that's a good point. So, what ultimately happened is I waited and waited and waited, waiting for the perfect decision, like you are saying earlier, that doesn't really exist. And ultimately what happened is what would have freaking happened anyway is that I made it, I went with my gut. My gut said the school that I actually went to. Mm -hmm. And you know what I mean? The only real difference in outcomes is that I spent like months worrying about it and like beating myself up over not being able to make a decision and feeling angsty about it and sort of like, well, and the reality is like, I don't know what would have happened if I went to X other college. And it doesn't really matter. It has no bearing on my life now. I met my you, my best friend there, and had a lot of other great experiences at the school that I did go to. And, I mean, does what hap- does what could have happened on those other paths really matter? No, if you doesn't. don't know, it doesn't. None I mean, of us none of us are operating with perfect information. We can here. worry about what we can worry about uh, what ifs all we want to until right. we because the only thing it's going to do is make us exhausted and, and like sick um, who's to say like you wouldn't have had like a you know just as good life on the other end but it doesn't matter anymore it doesn't you like and you just admit it the, making the decision was was the easy part like you worried about the decision was the hard part yeah. And sometimes we have to cut up that middleman of the worry of making the right decision than just go out and just do it. Someone somewhere needs to hear this. Just order the damn Chinese food for dinner and quit worrying about it and enjoy your evening. Because mm. I guarantee you there's someone out there who can't decide what they want for dinner. So. Mm-hmm. So think less and do more. We hope, as always, that our silly <laughs> bullshittery uh, <laughs> helps to maybe provide a welcome respite from the sort of constant beat-down grind that the world we live in can be. So uh, we uh, we hope that we've we've helped at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. And like, and if like you know, we don't have like the viewers that we will, will want to have. Or if there's no one like that watches this, uh, like, like I know there's people that like, that, li- that listen. But even if we didn't, like, like we we do we'd this, sti- we'd still be doing we, this. We still do this because like it's it's like really therapeutic and provides the pick the pick me ups for for the both of us because like, we're going through that grind and going through like the like the the, uh, the toughness of what what adulthood is. And this is like our escape to be like creative and just you know um just you know i guess lack of a better phrase shoot the shit you know it's it's just one of those things that we do because like we love it like 
I was, I was worried about like when I watch uh, just sit down, lay down, just watch football. But I was like, no, like I haven't seen my buddy all week, or, like like over like I guess a week and a half, and like I want to make sure. Well, we haven't done like a podcast in like a couple weeks. I want to make sure that I give this. I want to give this a shot and and put some and put some stuff on tape. And boom, like he, uh, he I was uh, lucky that he was free and I was free, and we, we hooked it up. Made it happen for 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 us and made it happen for you, and it's just like I feel really good just to be able to do that because you don't know what is going to be what will be your last day on this earth. So it's just great just to be able to enjoy like like each and every day as if it's your last. And I'm just glad to be part part of this um, this project and just you know being being with a good friend of mine and just straight up just you know doing our thing. But with that said, I think it's time for us to adjourn. Yes. I wish I could just hug you all, but I'm not going to. But someday he will. Good night, everybody. Anyway. Mr. Uh, Big Chips. So, okay. So. (laughs) I can't keep a straight face. Okay, Dan, go ahead. Go ahead and take it away, man. Oh, uh, Antonio my. Frown. Um, which it, will be the name of this episode, obviously. Or the, or the um, cloud. <laughs> um, Antonio Downtown. Mr. Know. Big Mess. Oh, ho, 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 ho. No, that's the name of the episode.